My crew, what's poppin'? Luke here with ya. Talking about the secret business recipe and why the secret business recipe is having a secret business recipe. And I'm gonna dive in. This is actually good. I got excited about this when it came across uh, my desk with the idea. It, it came across because I wrote it, okay? Big shot here talking about, you know, something come across my desk. I actually wrote it. But when the idea came across here and I was actually getting down into it, this is something I think every business needs to know. Uh, but guys, we're gonna talk about that here in a little bit. And uh, got some really cool stuff. And guys, I'm getting voicemails to flow. So thank you very much. Got voicemails flowing here. People are calling in wanting their business questions answered. So got that coming coming up here as well. And for those who wants to call in and get your business questions answered, I give you my spin, my theory, what I would do. I need you to call this number for me here, okay? So I'm going to pull this up here. You need to call 408 850 73 call 408 and on uh, that number when you call that number you're gonna get a voicemail I don't pick up for this number no one has access to this number okay and at 408-850-9373 you call that number you're gonna hear you're gonna hear my pretty voice being like hey call looks like you call for the show leave me leave me a voicemail and you're gonna call that number I want you to leave me your name and tell me what you do make it real quick and then on top of it tell me your question it's got to be a marketing question okay if you're asking me how to figure out a woman, right, and how to stay married for the next 50 years, I can't answer that for you. I don't know. I'm playing this by ear too, my man. Sorry, I can't help you on there. Uh, but <laughs> don't kill me, ladies. But if you call that number, 408-850-9373, leave me a voicemail. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer that thing live. How cool is that? So now you're a part of the content, which I love, I love, I love. And if you do that for me, we're going places, y'all, because now I'm hearing and feeling, where's the market at? And what are the questions? What are the things you are facing? I got some here. I want to play to you here uh, in just in just a little bit. So, so I'm going to be pulling those up here and getting those ready. But also, I want to go over uh, go over the flow of the podcast. So we're talking about the secret business recipe. Going to go over some of that content here with you. And uh, got some amazing things happening. So by the way, on the news, I don't know if you saw this, but the killer hornet now, I didn't know existed. Has landed in America, and this thing has the ability to light you up like a Christmas tree. Apparently, I didn't know this thing existed. I, I knew of the killer bee. I, I I knew of the killer bee, and did you know the killer bee, which is a big part of you know Africa and that world, was actually an invention by a scientist a few decades ago. The killer bee wasn't natural. This man took a regular bee, tweaked it, hoping that this thing would be like would make him rich, make a lot of honey. He made the bee really aggressive and want to produce more. But instead of wanting to produce honey, he wanted to produce blood and kill you. I, and, and then he was not able to stop it. It was aggressive. It, it, it started breeding like insanity. And now we got the killer bees, killer bees, which is known to kill people. Same thing with the killer hornets. Uh, I don't know if that was an, an invention. And now that we're talking about inventions, the coronavirus, did it come out of Wuhan, China from a lab? Ooh, if I was a bet man, I'd put my money right there. Um, and I don't bet, but if I was, that's where it, that's where it would drop. And it's because of this. Corona's been here since the 80s. That we it, there's no tell how long this thing's been around. We knew about it since the 80s. Could have been before that. I could be completely wrong before that, which proves my point even more. And all of a sudden now it's wiping out, you know, millions of people. Or not wiping out, but cases like just what in this world? Like we're not immune to this stuff. That's why that's why it's knocking us out. Was it tweaked? Was it almost created, engineered? I do believe so. I said that from the beginning. Now they're saying, well, it looks like that's the case. 
I believe that this is going to be interesting how this goes down. But Luke, why are you talking about this? Because, you know, I talk about the customer universe. I talk about how, you know, you know, the ocean is made up of many rivers. If the ocean stopped, the ocean, I don't know where we'd be with the ocean. It would not be the same. And just like in business, you need to have a big idea, a big group of people that you are helping, but many niches flowing into that. Luke, I need help with what you're saying. Keep listening to this podcast. It's really big. You're not going to get that in a single uh, single sentence, but that's my job is to help you. And here's my line. I help entrepreneur, entrepreneurs close bigger, faster, and more easily deals by building relationships digitally with thousands of people inside of your customer universe. That's my line, baby. Yeah, that's what I help you do is map that whole thing out. So that way, so that way when you're growing your digital assets and you're pointing them all to one place, because here's the thing, if you're telling people they need to get out of debt and then over here you're telling people how to apply for credit cards, they're not going to love – you're not going to build a base like that. You've got to be consistent with the niches that you're going after. You've got to be consistent with that and build something bigger. A lot of people, it's about the instant ROI right now, which is great. If you can get a funnel to convert one for three, you're doing great. But the bigger picture is building a base with thousands and tens of thousands of people who love and trust you because of the value like I'm bringing to you right now. And hopefully your life will at the same time, and that's why they stay. But ultimately, it's about building, building relationships digitally with thousands of people. You get thousands of people to come in, love and like you and trust you, it's game over. It's not about the product at that point. You did what you said and they're going to buy from you because you have relationships. So that's what uh, that's what we're going to be talking about here. And if you need more help, more depth than that, go into the previous podcast. They will definitely help you go deeper. But today we're talking about the secret business uh, recipe and, and why you need one. So um, so yeah, we got that coming up. So I'm trying to figure what we're going to do from here. So on that, because I'm I'm anxious, guys, to play these voicemails here. And uh, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go over what I mean, secret the, the secret business recipe. Go over that, and then we're going to play the messages after this. So why do I think you need a secret business recipe? All right, let's go off of this. Everything is successful, and everything's based on a recipe. It's kind of like Apple when they when they launched up when they launched. Um, did that for a few for a few years and now in 2008 they come out with the iPhone 2008 2009 that was their time to shine and do you know this they're making phones the same way they did back then right obviously they might have switched locations but the assembly line the assembly line is the same all they do now is throw another camera and say hey brand new iPhone we throw another camera on and the quality's better and this but really they're doing the same thing and people keep buying McDonald's in a hamburger world, and everybody's selling hamburgers and fries, okay, McDonald's comes out, and the reason they whipped everybody is because they had a recipe, not a secret recipe on how to make a hamburger, but how fast they can make it. They had an assembly line kind of situation, like you do the buns, you do the meat, you do the – and it. they had a spin table where they was able to make hamburgers real fast. That system made the company – uh, made the company grow rapidly, but unfortunately the McDonald brothers lost. Like they sold the company for just a few million, just so Ray Kroc uh, can make hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. But he didn't buy them because of their the he didn't buy them because they was amazing at making cheeseburgers. It was the systems they had, and they kept improving. Now those systems are converted into computers, and it still does amazing today, worth over 150 billion. I'm gonna show you how to do this. John Lee Dumas, he's a podcast that came out years ago, and uh, he had a format. 
he came out with a he came out with a series of questions. He asked an entrepreneur, and literally the entrepreneur talked. He asked questions, he listened to them, recorded it, and he put out a podcast episode every single day. And he would reach millions of listeners in a short amount of time because he did he did just that. He'd get a he'd get an entrepreneur on, he asked him the same questions. It was really good questions. You know, he got people to share it, boom ba, and then bam, he started talking to Tony Robbins, people like that. And it's, but he used the same format with the early pot with the early entrepreneurs as he did John Lee, uh, with uh, Tony Robbins. There was a format there. I don't know if you can see the see the, the the similarity here. Warren Buffett did the same thing when it comes to buying stocks. He has a method of how he buys stocks. When it matches this and this and this, he buys. Google, same thing. Algorithm. Uh, Google has a, the, what makes Google better than any search engine on the planet is their ability to find the top results. And they have an algorithm which they're always tweaking and making it better and better. And it brings the top articles to the top and the lousy ones at the bottom. That's what I'm telling you. They call these different things. They call upgrades. They call algorithms. They call it assembly lines. They call it systems. But it's all a recipe. And it reminds me, my wife right now, it's been a while since she's made salsa. And the, 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 how do I say this when I get myself killed here? Um, I, 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 so how do I say this? So, uh, <laughs> so the, 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 the salsa we made before this last batch was sweeter than I like. Oh, I don't like sweet salsa. Okay. Y'all, I want some, oh, I want some salsa that just blows my socks off, but not sweet, not ketchup, not chili, but you know what I mean? Like, ah, cha cha, you know, it's gotta be good. Right. But here's the thing. She comes out with it again. So she takes that first dose, and she's like, well, I put this much sugar. I'm like, how much sugar did you put in there? That's why. So she, so the next dose, she did less sugar. It tasted better. And she's going to make another dose, hopefully. She don't kill me, and it will be even better. And it's going to get to a place that she makes that salsa. And if she keeps making it once a month, I hope, you know, fingers crossed, they get to a place that she doesn't even think about it. She does this, does this, and it's good. Bam, right? It's a bottled-up recipe. And even like Chick-fil-A. He worked on he worked on his he worked on um he worked on his recipe for the Chick Fil A sandwich and he worked on it for a few years until everybody said do not touch it this is the best sandwich on this is the best sandwich ever and then he just then he just ships it out ooh, ooh, and then he creates a drive through with Chick Fil A by the way I do not doubt they doubled revenue during the coronavirus instead of went down I don't know that I don't know their numbers but their drive throughs are just insane but it's all because he had a chicken sandwich. And he just started doing the same thing over and over and over again. So what am I what am I telling you? You need a secret business recipe. There needs to be something about you that nobody else is doing. And it 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 needs to be it needs to be something that you're doing over. So for example, in your sales process, if you're running funnels, right? If you're running funnels, every so once you get that webinar popping, don't touch it. You just run traffic through it. When I get off that webinar to talk to you on the phone, use the same script. Tweak the script a little bit, tweak things here and there, but do not once you got people converting and buying, do not touch it. And that's your secret business recipe. If you come out with a podcast, okay, you know, create a recipe of you know what would make this podcast great. Like at this point, it's my intro. Tell people to subscribe, and everybody subscribe, by the way. If you haven't done that, make sure you subscribe, you know, and go through a format. You know what's funny? I am building my current format right now as we speak. I have not I have not built a format that I like yet. In fact, I've got a format in front of me, but I still want to keep tweaking it. I still want to keep tweaking it 
And like, I'm actually going to be talking about the voicemails that I got here and be talking about that in a little bit. But I've got a format of exactly how I want it to go down. And when I start seeing we're moving, we're grooving, then I just go through that process. Because a lot of guys, a lot of times, guys, we are lost in the process. We're, we're lost of how we do business. So what I'm telling you is you need to figure out something that works. In sales, you need something predictable, and you do the same thing over. It's just a matter of traffic. That's why funnels do so great. Once you have a funnel working and, and doing amazing, you don't want to change that funnel. Maybe make small tweaks, but at that point, it's about flowing quality traffic through that funnel, and then you're just turning that traffic into buyers, and now you're building a huge, a bigger part of your customer universe. And I'm just encouraging you today to build that secret business recipe uh, so you have that. So guys, got that for you. Hopefully that gives you some ideas. But what I want to do right now, though, is I want to start playing some of these voicemails and see how this works out. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and start playing voicemails here uh, with some uh, people here, and let's see what we got. And uh, for those who want to call in, all right, for those people who want to call in, make sure you call in at 408-850-9373. That is where I want you to call in. No one's going to pick up. Don't freak out. You're going to you know, record and tell me your name, your situation, and try to make the question 30 seconds if you can. And uh, tell me what you need help with, and we will answer on the podcast so you are getting the help uh, that you need. And what I'm going to do here is see if I can pull up. Uh, some questions here that I got loaded up. So let's see. Let me open up this one right here. And here we go. Finding out the average cost range for raw leads generated by the internet, and if there's a price differential with qualified leads, those leads are they're qualified by demographics, uh, and what information is provided by those demographics: age, income, location, household, um, homeowner status, etc. Uh, and um, if uh, those leads are internally or externally generated, whether or not you can provide, get them from a service or from a, uh, a supplier of some kind. Okay, so just got this question here. I think he's done here. And I think that's by Alan is his name. Alan's here asking questions. You're looking into buying, <clears throat> buying leads. And you want to know, should you go after a supplier? Where do you go? Should you try to create them internally? That's a good question. And so here's the thing when it comes to buying leads, y'all. When you buy leads, because then you've got big companies like Zillow, they're known as lead providers, or oh, you've got these other ones like in the because in the mortgage world, I'm big, and you got like Trulia, and you got these companies that can sell you leads like that. You've got industries like yours, like these smaller. And the reason I talk about Zillow is a being other company selling leads. That's how they make their income, right? So Here's the thing, though. You got to be careful when you buy leads because they want contracts. They want contracts. And one thing, though, is when you take that money and you give it to Zillow or just other lead programs, maybe you're not mortgage, maybe you're another uh, company, like a different industry. The problem with those leads is the fact that they're not branding you. They brand Zillow and then say, hey, uh, we've got an anonymous loan officer, a real estate agent you can talk to. And sometimes it's not anonymous, but there is no, the, the relationship. The relationship is with Zillow, it's not with you. So you want to get it to where you're doing direct response and branding involved, which branding does take more time, and sometimes getting a company to do that for you is more expensive. And that's why that's why here what we do, what we do to help people, um, Alan, is that we actually show people how to brand and bring in 
uh, direct response. And that's why building your customer universe is very important because each planet, each river that you create for your ocean or your main planet is that you, we show you how to take a dollar and turn it into three. But at the home planet is where you really build the relationship there because your best leads, for example, on my podcast, someone's listened to this podcast. Let's say they listen to me for a year and I, and I come up with a podcast two or three times a week. Let's say they listen to over half of them. Tell me how warm is that person going to be to me and my prices? And let's say I'm really expensive. Let's say that's the case. What are the chances him him buying or her buying compared to someone who just came through a Facebook ad, gave me their information and say, hey, I want to hear about your stuff. Like which one's going to be more willing to trust me and which one which one's more likely going to get results because they trusted the process? You see what I mean? So you can you can run ads in Facebook and Google and YouTube and try to figure that on your own. I would try to do that first because let's say that you're like, Luke, I have no idea. I would find, find someone who's somewhat good at that and get them to show you how to do that. And guys, you know, you go to lookout.com and schedule a call and we can, you go to lookout.com front page, you can schedule a call with my team and we can somewhat put you on the right path, like depending what industry you're in. Now, if you're in some industry where it's closely related to mine, we can definitely help you, help you that with more, but I, before I go drop nine ten grand on a contract with somebody, you need to understand they're going to be they're not gonna be branding you, they're gonna be branding them. Then that's why there'd be another company. So that would be and as for the information you can get, leads can be name, number, and email, and they can be name, number, and email, income, where they live and all that. You really pay for that. But the more information you ask for, okay, the more information you ask for, uh the the more expensive it's going to be, but I got another one here we're going to play, and this is from, I think, Isaac. Let's play it and see. Hey, Luke, I had a question about closing deals. Um, my question is, do you always use scarcity uh, when on sales calls? With a lot of our prospects, um, over the years, we've tested using scarcity at the end versus not using scarcity at the end, and from what we've seen, using scarcity always leads to more closed deals. You know, it leads to less people running and never showing up uh, to future meetings. Um, but also, we get a lot of kickback from prospects for using scarcity. You know, people getting angry uh, that we're <laughs> that we're dropping scarcity on them. So I want to know what your opinion on that was. Um, if you found a way to uh, drop scarcity on on sales calls to where doesn't put many people off, but yeah, that's my question. Okay, love the question. Let's dive into that right now. So, <clears throat> with scarcity and urgency, <clears throat> it is true that you've got to have some form of scarcity, urgency in your call. Definitely, the more high ticket, the more urgent it has to be. Now, <clears throat> am I for fake urgency and scarcity, where you put a timer at the bottom and it says you're your deal is about to do this and your, your this page is about to expire and it doesn't happen. Now you're doing something even worse. You're losing trust with the people who see this, right? And what but the thing is, why why do people why does urgency actually work? It actually does work. Those timers do work. We've seen it. But the thing is you just gotta be real legit. Now when you're on high ticket calls like we are and you're asking people to drop, you know, thousands of dollars right and then you say well you've got to you've got to act with me on this call or it goes up do people get upset with that yes they 
yes, they do. Some do get upset. It's like half and half. Half get upset. But the thing is, you have you have to pre-frame it. You have to pre-frame it. And what I have found works really, really well is running ads to you know to like a webinar and explaining that, and then and then running. So for example, what I tell people, because I do urgency as well, what I tell people, and it's legit. This is how if you walk up to me, this is the price of my service. If you act with me here now, this is the price is going to be. After this call, those prices are never the same. You're not going to be getting those prices. But I stick with my guns. Let me tell you something. I had a marketer do this to me one time when I was looking to, you know, increase my skills in a certain certain skill set. And he did that to me. And he said, I know it was this price. It's two thousand dollars. It was two thousand, but now it's thirty five hundred. I had the opportunity to get mad and say, I can't believe you're doing that to me. I'm not gonna buy it. But it's kinda like a man in the desert. He's a rich man. Okay, he's a rich, rich man. And you pull that on him, okay? You say, Well, we talked yesterday and you wasn't that serious. Today's is what the price is. Okay, I got you. If he is starving, he is going to buy. But Luke, why would you do this to people like that? Doesn't like, why would you rip off a rich man in the desert. Well, guys, you look at Disney, for example. You paid a thousand, two thousand bucks to get in this place, and they jack up food like you know what, right? You've got these these theme parks that are known to do that, but yet people keep coming back because a buyer is a buyer is a buyer. And the fact is, I give real life. Here's the thing: urgency is good, and but the thing is, the way the and here here's how I keep them from getting mad with me because that was the how do you do urgency? Isaac knows urgency is needed. But how do you do this without getting people mad at you? Here's how you do it. You say, hey, here's my price. You buy with me today. This is it's going to be a lower price. And here's why. And this is what I tell people. If I built my business on people who told me tomorrow, I'll give you money tomorrow when I'm spending ad money today to get you here, how long do you think I would be a business? That one line kills anyone being upset. Because I'm being, just be honest. When you just be honest with them and say, hey, here's the, here's what I know. If you don't buy now and everybody waited tomorrow to buy when I'm spending money in ads today to get you here, which is expensive, then I'm – so that's why. That's why I'm doing that. And also I'm giving you a lower price because I know you. I – you know, this – this product's like ten thousand dollars on the street, but if you do, if you spend money with me here now, it's five thousand because I've spent the time with you, and I want my time investing in you to pay off here now, and I want to give you a deal. And that's the thing, urgency works. It does work, but you have to frame it correctly, Isaac. And if you use that line, you're gonna find a lot of people be like, okay, that makes sense. You're wanting me to buy this now. You want to give me a deal now uh, because you're spending money in ad spend. And yeah, if I waited tomorrow and everybody did it tomorrow, you'd be broke because you spent money on ads. So I understand that. And if you tell people the real reason why, yeah, and if they're still angry, then you then they're not a buyer to begin with. And that's that's why we ask them questions. That's why I have people fill out an application to talk to me. Now, if you can't fill out an application, how are you going to fill out a credit card form, right? And I ask them very personal, deep questions on the call when they talk to me because I want to like for real, can I help you? Like, I, I don't want just anyone buying from me because I want to keep my success rates high. And if you don't want to answer those questions, you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna answer my credit card question. What's your number? Like, that's just not gonna. So that you've got to ask buyer questions, and if they're not willing to keep going, then that, that just means you just save time, 
And if urgency, like that dude put the urgency thing on me, I actually trusted him because like you can't break me a deal. It was just this amount. Just a, he's like, no, I can't. I got to keep my word. And when he did that, he, I, I actually gained more trust with him and actually bought the thing because I actually needed it. Because what is 2000 2500 or 3500 when I see return on investment that keeps – and by the way, the money I put in that product, I'm still making today from it. Now, I don't use most of the things in that training, but the trainings I got from it really helped me to this day. So it was by far – I'm glad I did it, and uh, I'm so I'm so glad I did it. And he did the same thing. And, and Isaac, you got to do that. You got to do that as well. So let's jump to the next call here. This is with Philip, and here's his question. Philip here. I have a question in regards to marketing. Uh, throughout this COVID-19 situation, there have been many challenges for many people. And I guess I wanted to hear your insights in regards to uh, the top lead generation tactics or the best avenues for gaining clients uh, in this time of COVID-19. You know, I would love to hear your input in regards to uh, the top lead generation tactics or uh, the best avenues for gaining clients right now in this crazy epidemic. Philip, no, that's a super question, my dude. Super question, and I do want to go over that because, you know, Corona, you know, Corona is a very unstable time for a lot of businesses, for sure. Now, unless you had a window in your wall and you called it a drive-through with chicken sandwiches, now you did very amazing. But for the rest of us, you know, for example, like with agencies and things like that, it did. Now, I'm proud to say that we got through it just fine. We we got through it. Yeah, it was a little rough. And, and yeah, do I wish things were better for sure? But we definitely wasn't one to twenty-five percent that that lost everything, that lost our business. That wasn't us, thankfully. And actually, we kept our numbers. Instead of growing, we just kind of did our numbers before Corona, which is great because most people were in the negative. So we 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 held we held our numbers, and that's and that that part's good. But you're asking about uh, lead generation tactics to get clients for your agency during Corona. Well, my dude, I just want to say that. Agencies are seeing an uptick since this past Saturday uh, with uh, with the states opening up, and that's good news. And every day that goes by now, it's going to be easier to get people to buy. Even inside of my company, I'm feeling it's easier to get people to buy right now. It's getting easier than what it was. Uh, but what we did, we ran traffic to a webinar, and then we got them to fill out an application. That's what we did. Now, here's the thing. During times like this, more than ever, this is why we need to create customer universes. At times like this, you want to have built relationships with 10 to 20,000 people and you're being there for them. You really want, you really want to do that. Um, and that's why when you have – and that's why I create this podcast actually, Phil, which is an amazing question. So, But for, for short term, like how do you get leads to apply for your agency or for your company right now? is a very super question. So it depends on how much work you want to put in that lead. So for example, if you want to turn on traffic and ads, right, and you want to go hit an industry, and you want to say, hey, who needs this kind of lead? Give me name, number, and email. If you do that, it's probably going to take you, you know, you're probably going to close one for every 50 leads that you get on a high ticket situation, one for 50. Uh, and that's one for 50 calls that you make. And you have to think if you put you know 10 minutes to 20 minutes in each call, you're talking about 500 to 1,000 minutes to convert one person. And when you're desperate, that's sometimes what you got. I mean, when you, when you got to do it, you got to do it. I'm past that. I don't want to call 50 people. I want to call five people and close one. 
and it's more expensive that way. You're paying, you know, $100, $200 for a phone call. But if you close one out of five, that's great. Um, which And that's why you want to run traffic to some kind of video that sells. And the video's got to be amazing. And then you got to fill out an application and then build an email sequence around that. That's really that's really the long-term game. But if you want to do like a, you know, a Facebook form or whatever, Facebook has the ability to do name, number, and email. Uh, my problem with that is that you've got, it's just so, I would rather them build a relationship with me digitally over a video than try to build a relationship with me on the phone. Because now I'm, I'm going from building a relationship with hundreds at one time. Um, or I could try to do it one on one, and I always prefer to do many, many people like have the relationship with many people and not just one at a time. So that is my thoughts. Best way right now, cheapest way right now is doing Facebook ads, doing inbound. If you start cold calling people, cold emailing people, cold LinkedIn people, it's gonna be hard. It's 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 really going to be hard. You can do it. You can definitely do it. And in fact, with inbound, I take that back. You should be able to close one for 25 inbound. If you reach out, cold call, you know, 50 to 100 people, you might be able to close one. But you got. But the thing is, that client may not be the perfect client, and that's something you got thinking about as well, guys. It's definitely not easy when you're in sales. But my thing is that if you're sitting on a on a okay nest egg. And you don't mind playing with a few thousand and just start turning it to a channel. I would just, I, I, I would just run, um, I would just start running um, ads and start building a relationship with them. That that would be that would be what I do because I mean I started off doing what you're talking about, but I really, I really want to, I really want to go through that again. So that's what I would recommend. Do inbound, do inbound because when someone, when someone. When someone responds to an ad you put out and they come to you, it's way better. It's just way, way better than you going to them because the power's in their hands. When they come to you, the power's in your hands, and you're just going to close a better deal. So, my guys, that's what I've got here today answering your questions. If you would, go ahead and leave me. Go ahead and call me up. Like, call me. Leave me more voicemails. This has been absolutely fun. Call me at 408-850-9373. And leave me, leave me a voicemail. Go ahead and leave me a voicemail. Talk to me, and that's what I got here for you on the podcast, guys. And we're actually 30 minutes in. You guys, you guys have an amazing day. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe, and if you know someone who has a marketing question, make sure they call in, and I'll be glad to help you guys out. You guys have an amazing day, and let's talk soon.